Hey, Macrodosing listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Listen up, we've got some tea, and you all are going to be obsessed. We spoke with the Abercrombie team, and they told us that they were going to launch a wedding shop. Well, we lost it, because as you know, we are both getting ready to get Abercrombie and hitched. The whole vibe of Abercrombie these days is clothes you'd wear for a perfect long weekend, and all their customers were like, hey, we spend long weekends traveling for weddings these days, and then Abercrombie was like, we love that. Let us just give you everything you could ever possibly want and love to wear for all things wedding. So they did. It has everything. Tons of dresses, jumpsuits, pants, swimsuits, pajamas, pantsuits, and all perfectly curated for different events, bachelorettes, brunches, showers, ceremonies as a guest and ceremonies as a bride, reception, and even honeymoon. It is incredible. Check out the Abercrombie Wedding Shop on Abercrombie.com. Go shop it now. There's a there's a very cool, uh, there's actually several cool Christmas markets here in New York. Like Union out, Square one? Yeah, outdoor Christmas markets. Yeah. I went to Bryant Park the other day. It was hell on earth. I want to go to the Union Square one. The Union Square one yeah. seems more chill. <clears throat> it's You can find some really good gifts there. Yeah. I just, and the food. I want to go yeah. there for the food. Yeah, it's all good though. Um, So, you know how it's so hard to buy gifts for your dad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one gift that he loves that I've ever gotten him mm-hmm. is uh, he also has a messed up nose like me. Okay. So I buy him uh, like a CPAP machine. Like <laughs> like yeah, but they're they're like not a big machine. Like the little thing. The little I know ones. Exactly what you're the about. little ones, but it also does. No, I've been buying him for like for the past four years, and he loves them because he always like loses them by the end of the year. Right. So it's like a refresh. And I'm just praying it like keeps him alive longer. That's a good thing. <laughs> because. I'm, I've gotten really into uh, oxygen because, like, it messes up everything. Right. Yeah, I've gotten really into oxygen, too, recently. Yeah. No, but, like, breathe, like breathing, yeah. Breathing is one of my favorite things like to do. Like, sleep apnea can cause depression, can cause, like, lack of high. It's the lack yeah. of oxygen. I'm really, I've been into oxygen, actually, for a while. I love it, it so like, much I do it in my sleep. Yeah. yeah, I can't do it in my sleep because my nose is so messed up. Like I'm, I'm old school oxygen. I've been doing oxygen since before you were born. The new oxygen is more potent, though. Yeah, bring back. Bring back mid. No, oxygen. I liked I liked oxygen mm-hmm. with the with the lead gasoline, the the, un, the leaded gasoline in it. Sometimes I like to do like uh, like a no oxygen trip, so I go up to the mountains for a little bit. I deprive myself of it, and then when I get back to sea level, mm, I just I just snort that stuff up. You actually like mostly nitrogen, but. Yeah, yeah. I like to do lines of oxygen sometimes. <laughs> uh, welcome back to nanodosing. Oh God! <laughs> Wait, we're, we're talking oxygen. No. <laughs> I I used to call it oxy, but you can't call it that anymore. Yeah, that got really confusing for a couple of weeks. With my drug dealer. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let me get some of that oxy. Uh, nope, not that kind. Uh, we're back on nanodosing. We've got Uncle Chaps in the studio today. Big UC, uh, recurring guest on Macrodosing. He was on the Iraq War episode. And uh, yeah. Wait, Billy's about to Billy. touch a button. Billy. Oh my God, Billy. Billy. Oh, no. Billy. Billy's about to touch Billy, the button. Let me touch the fucking button. Billy's Chaps says Mike wasn't on, so I, I said to make sure it was on, but now Billy's no, over no, here. Don't touch it. No. There we go. Good call. Mad Dog stepped in, took care of it. 
She means business. I was just there to make sure they didn't press the button that I pressed. He was staring yeah. something down. Billy was oh, doing the call. don't press this button. I was like, whoa, because, you know, flip the switch and then it's like, which switch? So we're, we're back. It's nano dosing. That is Uncle Chaps. Hello, Chaps. Hello. The mustache looks great. Thank you. Uh, Mad Dog, I noticed yeah. that um, there were a couple clips that came out on last week's episode uh -huh. and the Mad Dog simps were out in full force. <laughs> Because, like, the clip started with a camera <laughs> angle on Mad Dog. Yeah. And there were just some real creeps that, like, immediately replied, like, yeah, Mad Dog. <laughs> I, I appreciate all of our listeners, and I love you all, but some of some of them... Just play cool. Yeah. Just be cool. Yeah. You don't ever yeah, feel guys, gassed you... up by it? Uh, I did when, it, when I first started the podcast, and now I get nervous. <laughs> What's the weirdest DM you've ever received? <laughs> oh, oh! I mean, I got a, I got a DM of just someone's ball, one single ball. Whoa, a ball shot! I like that one. <laughs> just make one? them want more. Yeah, that, no, that's good. Was that Lance? First one's free. <laughs> was, was that Lance? It was, and he, it was, <laughs> it was someone who he just unzipped his jean, jeans, pulled out one ball. And it was just like a ball on top of Oh, that's jeans. a classic beer pong trick. It's a bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's no, because when there's one cup and you're trying to distract them. Yeah, listen, hey, we're, we're, laughing <laughs> at, we're laughing at Billy. I've done it. I've done it, that it, trick before. When only dudes are around. Yeah. Just, just one ball, though. I know. Usually I take both. And yeah. then, I mean, I haven't done this in probably like 10, 14 years. But I'd take like my sack. And then you pull it like through the waistband. No, but it's one. And you just have the sack hanging down. That's that's always good for a lot. Oh, the Texas belt buckle. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. But it's just the one. And then people are like, whoa, is that, what is that? And they're like, oh, it's just your ball. Then yeah. it's funny. Yeah. Is this it's a like, two Americas thing, Aaron? Aaron's looking like that. You look like that meme from Love is Blind with that woman who's just like squinty eye, like, hmm. I see it. You just walk around with your balls out and show people? No, just during <laughs> beer pong. You're trying to distract oh, just, them. Just, just when you're drinking around, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you got it. But it's like, it, like in the pregame, where it's just dudes. Just setting the scene. Yeah, yeah, totally normal thing to do. Well, it's, I, I got sent it from a man to a girl, so no ball that's shots. sexual harassment. Yeah, don't send yeah. me ball pictures, please. Don't do it. No ball pictures. That's not that. Don't work. Like that never worked. Like not once in the human history has anybody sent a ball or dick pic unsolicited, and then the girl was like, "Yeah, I need to suck that." This shit don't happen, yo. Stop being a fucking horn dog, bro. What if what if a ball picture worked though? Like, that's an electric ball. You would have you would have to have on a museum. You would have to have the best ball of all time. Because I think like balls max out at like slightly like. The best ball that you can hope for is still really gross. Mm -hmm. The Balloon Dior? The Ballon d'Or? Yeah. Oh, you mean like in real life, like <laughs> the trophy? Yeah. No, but I'm just saying like the, the human testicle is probably the grossest part of the body. On a scale of one to 10, what's the highest the ball could get? I think like seven and a half, like just for perfect. That's probably, high. Probably like the artificial ball that makes it look like an absolute the, egg. The nudicle? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe that could get it like an eight. Those are the funniest things where if you get your dog neutered, sometimes the, the vet will try to sell you nudicles, which is fake balls that you can put into your dog's scrotum. That's, That's not true because I try to get them. For you? 
No, for my my dog. When it's I absolutely. It, it true. was definitely made for people exactly like Billy. That was, was like that have I, some sort I'm of looking... their own masculinity <laughs> tied into their dog's nutsack. Like, can we give him some prosthetics? No, it was a joke because you've said this before. And they're like, no, we don't do that. And I was like, okay. I mean, I was just wondering. Some vets do. It's a real thing. Uh, I would say that the the cap on a ball probably a two. Really. Yeah. How can a ball be better than a two? No. Look. I mean, if we're talking smooth, like the topography of your ball could be a lot better. I'm rating it. I'm on PFT side. Two. It it doesn't it doesn't give it does it, balls are gross. Yeah. Good point. They are. I saw some That's balls this weekend. I saw some new balls. It's been a while since I've seen a new pair of balls. I was at. Uh, I went to Sleep No More on Saturday night with Donnie. Is that a club? No, sleep no more. No, it's not. It's like a. Uh, it's it's like an immersive theater type performance. Oh. So it's like loosely based around Macbeth, and uh, it's got all these different actors, and you follow them through this three dimensional scene. It's like it's set in a hotel with multiple levels, so you follow the actors around from scene to scene, and uh, you're wearing these masks, so you feel like you're part of the background, and it's uh, it was interesting. It was a pretty cool thing to do. But at one point, this dude just gets into a bathtub and then just gets out and like runs across the room and just saw balls flapping. <laughs> it's always shocking to see nuts in public. There is a lot better comedic value in balls than I think any other body part. Yes. Yeah. That, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, they've, balls aren't hot, but they've got a great personality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> balls can be very, very funny. Balls in, are the in ways that, that other body parts when cannot. You, when you like walk into prom and you're like, have those balls get that girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah they got they must know something i don't yeah uh but yeah see, seeing nuts in public is always always shocking she let me hit because of my well-kept balls <laughs> <laughs> i got my first uh nudie dm the other day actually oh congrats it wasn't good i mean it was some very have you ever been to r like reddit r long boobs I've not been to our long boobs, no. <laughs> it's a good one to check out. There's some real long titties in there. But this one that I got, super long titties. But she was wearing ZBT merch, so I was cool with it. Oh, that's cool. So, like, you're talking long, like, hanging down? Yeah, the longer the better. Yeah, okay. long and flats. I feel like that's that used to be more common. Have boobs changed? And was I having this conversation with you guys? I feel like boobs, 1960s boobs, look different from modern boobs. How? I, mean, I don't know. They just... They they went down and out, down and out. Oh yeah, the banana boob. Like you could almost do like a snowboard slope the other way. Exactly, yeah. You like almost like a, a half pipe, just like down and out. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making that up. Maybe I'm. There could there could be. What have you noticed, Billy, in your studies? I mean, maybe there's like endocrinological disruptors that are just affecting all types of androgynous regions that sounds right to me i see i disagree i think it's because technology i think back in the day if you're going to have tits on camera they had to be dynamite tits now anybody's tits can be on camera at any given time so you don't just have top tier titty that's making making huh. waves you have lower tier titties that have joined the party the people's kate, kate upton yeah. Yeah. kate upton is a modern example yeah what about her well it's just like you, you're saying they, they changed but like that's okay, wait. So we're saying Kate Upton is an example of a woman who has boobs. Vintage. You think she's got vintage boobs? She's got analog boobs. <laughs> Should I Google Kate Upton boobs? Throwback for research. For research purposes. For research. Research bonk. 
<laughs> yeah, we're getting horny on this yeah, Monday. Guys. We're only talking about balls. Yeah, no, and boobs. this is this is wild. This is wild, actually. It's actually wild. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna like, talk this about is like like when girls they were like all dudes sit around and just talk about boobs. Y'all doing exactly that. <laughs> all right, yeah, it's good just, point. Just on Monday. Good point. We'll move on. We'll move on from boob talk. Uh today's nano dosing is being brought to you by Game Time. Give the gift of an awesome experience this holiday season with Game Time. If you don't know what to get somebody, get them tickets to something. If you're nervous that your present won't arrive in time or simply forget to holiday shop, Game Time tickets get delivered to your phone and inbox instantly. Game Time has all the best tickets and you get an awesome price on them. If you haven't given Game Time a shot, now's the time. We've been using Game Time all year. Went to the Mets game, went to a couple Rangers games, Billy's gone to some Jets games. Download the Game Time app, go to the account tab, create that login, and redeem code MACRO. Get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download Game Time. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. All right. Um, we're back. Big T, I want to know what are you teed off about? What happened this weekend in Big T's life? Uh, I'm not teed off about anything. This weekend was fun. I had some friends in town. Tennessee was playing basketball here. Uh, one of my friends did posit a uh, hypothetical that I would like y'all's thoughts on because he's adamant. That this has happened, I'm adamant, and has not. He claims that every square inch of sidewalk in New York City has at one point had urine on it. I am convinced this is not true. I, I, would I, like, I agree with you. Yeah, I would agree. With you. Yeah, well, I, you're talking any form of urine. I don't think we specified that, but I would open it to any form. Yeah. I... I think th there's two ways you could spin this because I think this could apply to almost everything. But if you were like that specific spot, not just the the slab of concrete, like that spot. If since you painted the, it. Right. No, but not even that just like spot in time and space mm -hmm. probably at one point had some sort of animal or human throughout the course of history dating back to the dinosaurs that may have urinated there. I think that's very plausible. There's new sidewalks I was, in New York. So that's, that's what I said. Yeah, There's yeah. some sidewalks that are three months old. Yeah. And those probably not. I would imagine a lot of the curbs, too, because people don't really walk their dogs on the edge of the street here, and people don't really piss right on the road. So I'd imagine if there is unpissed area, it would be on the curb. Yeah. But, but you know, people pee between cars right on the curb. You know what I'm saying? That's, I don't. I think that there's too much sidewalk. For that to be true. I now, agree. I will say that In a lot of sidewalk over. has been pissed on. Oh, it's it's an overwhelming percentage for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So In how, the 80s or 90s. Big T, how much uh, contribution to making urinated sidewalks did you do with your friends this weekend? Zero, dude. That's well, a, well, such a stupid question. Well, <laughs> I mean, how, how did this conversation come up? You there was were, dog piss on the sidewalk. Or you were peeing on the sidewalk with your friends? No, dude. That's what you do because no. you're an alcoholic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Yeah. That's Whoa. that's out of nowhere. I took a turn. Stupid Whoa. question, Billy. That's... You've been rebuked. Damn. Been... So this stupid conversation didn't come up from a, a stupid question. Okay. Uh, I I used to actually carry around a thermos when I would take Leroy for a walk because he would pee so much on the sidewalk that it would be it would be a scene whenever he would pee. <laughs> like his bladder was massive. He could go like twelve hours without pissing, if not more. And so I would have to carry a thermos so I, I would wash away all of his piss when he took a leak. People usually saw that and they were like, wow, that's very considerate. And I was like, I was like, it is, 
but it's also like I I think it's like the most basic form of uh, just like being a responsible dog owner that you could have, so that your dog doesn't just like fill a lake up with his piss on the sidewalk and everyone has to walk through it. I'm surprised more people don't do that. Yeah, I mean, it, when you have like little dogs, which most in New York City they have small, high energy little dogs, which are probably the worst combo of an apartment, a small yeah. apartment. Um, but they just have smaller pisses. Yeah, who cares if it's if it's a small dog? But if you have like a big a, a big boy, he peed more than I did. So imagine that much piss just hanging out yeah. on the sidewalk. Also, people who don't buy food to make neat poops in the city, because that's how I base my my dog food buying. There's this dog food that puts pumpkin in it, so it's like easier to pick up. Oh yeah, it's yeah, solid. You get it nice and, and it's firm. like it's almost like play doh. Yeah, weird. Yeah. Um, chaps, I'm going to be buying a dog soon or or acquiring a dog soon. What kind? When I move to Chicago, that's still up in the air. Mm. Um, thinking something big. Oh, you don't have a specific dog in mind? No. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm going to rescue a dog. I'm going to save its life. I'm going to be a superhero. And so I'm trying to think of what kind of dog I've been getting really into watching, um, Tibetan Mastiffs on Instagram and TikTok recently. Those are beautiful. They're huge. They actually, there was one that I saw the other day that straight up looked like a lion. Like if you had that dog Mm -hmm. on the street and somebody walked around a corner and looked at it, they would probably think that there was a lion on the street. Yeah, those dogs can be massive. They can get like 250 pounds. They're huge. They're also like $100,000 because they're owned by like the super rich Chinese aristocracy. Uh, Yeah, that's why I'm trying to get one. Do you think I can get a discount on it? Uh, psh, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I know think either. they're bred by like monks. So there, there's different types of Tibetan Mastiffs. You can get a Tibetan Mastiff here in the United States that's not like a six-figure dog, like a, a reasonable price dog. Right. Just like uh, Queen Elizabeth had a shit ton of corgis, but you can get corgi here. Yeah, exactly. In China, they, they breed them specifically to sell them for a shitload of money. So they they like fro-pick their, uh, all their hair. So they're these big fluffy dogs with with giant manes and shit, and they're uh-huh. bred to be like as big as possible. Those are the ones, there was one that was sold for, I want to say like $500,000 a couple wow. of years ago. What's crazy is those big dogs originated in Central Asia, like around there. Yeah. Like that was where they're from. They would guard guard the flock. Yeah, and then they brought the Molosser, the Molossus breed. I think it was Alexander the Great or someone was gifted dogs from Central Asia that were just these gigantic Molossus dogs. And that's like the basis of all molosser dogs in uh, like Great Danes, Mastiffs, yeah. Bulldogs. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pro- while they are affectionate with their own family, the Tibetan Mastiff is not a good family dog. Being far too large and too protective, he is likely to mistake intentions of their family's friends. So I will not be going to your house with that fucking mutt. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely not going to get a Tibetan mask. Those those are very, very expensive, even if you get one. Like, and the hair up keeps it drive you nuts. You got it, though. Yeah. Uh, that's You know what? You're starting to sound like Big T, Aaron. I feel like every episode. You, you definitely got it, though, Aaron. Every episode, Big me. Big T speculates on how much money I make. Your pocket you definitely watching. be counting your pockets. Yeah. You definitely counting your pockets. I, I, I'm, I'm envious. I'm serious. I'm serious. You, uh, you got it, though. Uh, I'm, I'm probably gonna. <laughs> You're I'm gonna, so silly. Subject change. No, I'm. I'm saying I'm gonna adopt. A, I'm gonna adopt a dog. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get one from a, a rescue place, but preferably a big boy that shit, or a girl. That shit weird. That shit weird. What dogs just in general? 
Well, yes, but then adopting the dogs, it's like you're not adopting. It's just the whole thing. You the are whole, adopting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The whole, the whole thing. Oh, you don't know. I don't oh. fuck with dogs. Oh, fuck man. Dogs. He hates dogs. I hate them. Absolutely All of can't them. stand them. Even though there's many photo shoots of Arian back in the day being very friendly there's with dogs. one photo shoot and that nigga didn't move. <laughs> it looks like you're having a great time. I wasn't. Hypocrisy him, much? Like, if this dog, I, I told the owners, if this dog bites me, I'm going to fuck your dog up. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Whatever. So I'm going to get a big dog, and then it's going to be great. Are you going to be... I hope, he, I hope he turns on you. I'll help you train it in Chicago. Thanks, Chaps. Mm-hmm. Chaps is moving hope to, he bites chaps. to Chi-Town. It you- won't. I was a dog handler for like 10 years. I hope this one bites you. No way. <laughs> My favorite video that Chaps ever put out was uh, was his two dogs, Baby Dale Woohoo mm-hmm. and uh, Gussie, Gussie Boy from Heaven Above. That's right. And uh, Gus is like a Mastiff mix, right? Yeah, Mastiff Ridgeback. And so he's a oh, wow. he's a big dog. He's got a big bed. Baby Dale Woohoo is is he a rat terrier? Don't you dare! He's a Chihuahua. Chihuahua, sorry. Yes. <laughs> rat <laughs> terrier sounds better. <laughs> little tiny dog. And the Chihuahua stole the Mastiff's bed, and then his Mastiff was sleeping on this tiny little cushion, over like a cat sized bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's very cute. Um, Arian, I have a question for you. Avatar. Shoot. How we feel. How, what of it? Rate your excitement right now on a scale of one to ten on how pumped, how jacked up are you to see Avatar? I'm seeing it on Thursday night. I've been waiting on this for years when when nobody around me was Avatar fans and they didn't believe me. And it's just it feels like, you know, Christmas is is coming early a little bit, you know? The season of perpetual hope is bringing me back. One of the greatest fantasy lands of all time, and I'm just—I just can't put it into words, man. I'm rambling. I'm rambling when I when I get emotional, you know. So the and reviews so, are are really really good for Avatar too. I don't know if you've read I any mean, of them, I, but of there's course, some I haven't, I haven't, and I won't. But of course, there. It's of course it's good. It's taking ten plus years, and James Cameron be knocking shit out the park, bro. I'm talking about he. They invented like a, some kind of submarine shit to do the filming for this, like. It's insane. Like, this is going to be amazing. Or is this another uh, James Cameron water tank film? Do you think they got the old Titanic water tank out? They might. He's obsessed with water. Yeah. James Cameron, like me, I'm an oxygen boy. James Cameron loves water. Like, he fucking, he would nut water if he could. Oh, I I heard this crazy story. He drinks that stuff like it's beer. That James Cameron was filming... (laughs) was filming a underwater submarine thing uh like going to see the titanic and then in the documentary while they were underwater i think either looking at the titanic or at like the lowest point of the ocean they come back up and 9-11 happens yeah listen up we've got some tea and you all are going to be obsessed we spoke with the abercrombie team and they told us that they were going to launch a wedding shop well We lost it because, as you know, we are both getting ready to get Abercrombie and hitched. The whole vibe of Abercrombie these days is clothes you'd wear for a perfect long weekend, and all their customers were like, hey, we spend long weekends traveling for weddings these days. And then Abercrombie was like, we love that. Let us just give you everything you could ever possibly want and love to wear for all things wedding. So they did. It has 
everything. Tons of dresses, jumpsuits, pants, swimsuits, pajamas, pantsuits, and all perfectly curated for different events, bachelorettes, brunches, showers, ceremonies as a guest, and ceremonies as a bride, reception, and even honeymoon. It is incredible. Check out the Abercrombie Wedding Shop on Abercrombie.com. Go shop it now. That's it's pretty wild. There was a story that was kind of like that in the pandemic where there was this submarine that was so deep that they didn't get any communication and they go for like six months. And when they came out, they would get like news briefs about what's been happening and things like that. And they thought that all the people were fucking with them. They're like, yeah, man, nobody went outside for like three weeks. Everybody just stayed in their house. There was like no bread, no milk, anything. And people couldn't go anywhere. And the submarine guys were like, that's not fucking true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a, it's a classic prank. Yeah. I was saying that when... um. When Jeff Bezos went to outer space on Blue Origin, mm-hmm. when he came back, we should all just pretend not to know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, what, what's Amazon? Also, that shouldn't count. I don't think that those space, they go super high yeah. in the stratosphere. That shouldn't count. It was lower than the highest recorded plane flight. Right. So there was a plane that flew higher than Jeff Bezos took the thing. I wrote a whole article on it. It was actually, it, it was fake space. Like, yes, there was technically zero gravity, but yeah. people have taken planes higher than they went up. There's been a drone. That's Not been commercial flying. planes, though. Not commercial no, no, no. planes, but like oh. you could, you know, there's Air Force pilots that flew higher than that. I've, mm-hmm. I've gotten really into watching like airplane disaster films and like airplane disaster documentaries on YouTube. And uh, there was, I, I don't know, it's just a weird thing that I'm into. Don't judge me. The algorithm <laughs> got me. Aaron. I just... I th- ain't mad at it. At least you're not a Nazi. <laughs> there was, there, yeah. There, maybe this is like on the path, though. This is how they start to indoctrinate you is through aviation, aviation movies. But there was this one where uh, it was these two commercial airplane pilots that were flying. Um, I think they call it like a deadhead flight. So they didn't have anybody on their plane. They were moving the plane to another airport so that they could in turn load it up the next morning to take a bunch of people somewhere. And um, they were flying this plane that is normally meant to go, I think, 35,000 at the tops, but it could potentially get up to like 42,000 as like the maximum flight ceiling for it. So uh, they get in the plane and then they say, you want to try to take this thing as high as we can? They're they're just like blowing out, just like taking it out for a spin. They climb up to 42,000 feet. And because they're using like the autopilot settings, there's not enough lift over the wings. It's not going fast enough to maintain altitude up there because the air is so thin. And so the the plane starts to stall out and point down. They lose their engine power. Uh, And then instead of like calling back to like on the radio to get advice on how to restart the engines because they technically weren't supposed to be up that high. Um, they try to restart it on their own. And the plane just keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. Damn. And then when they finally report it, they're like, hey, we've lost two engines. They give them the restart procedure and they didn't have enough time to get it restarted. So they just crashed and died. The two the two pilots that just like took this plane out for a spin. But it was it was like a little bit funny listening to them as they're going up because they're they're like, oh, my God, we're fucking doing it. This is crazy. And then they get up to 42,000 feet and they look out and they're like, how does it look out of your window? And the guy's like, uh, it's like pretty much the same as 35,000 feet. <laughs> but they're, they're acting like they're doing like the most reckless road trip thing ever. And, and you would think pilots just, would know that, right? Like that's like a car driver. You'd know that going 120 is bad. Like, sure, yeah. can it do it? Yes. Should I do it down 95? Probably not. Yeah, I, I guess they didn't realize that 
when the autopilot was set in, when they put in the altitude that uh, you would have to like, you would have to increase the speed and you'd have to like pitch the nose up to maintain that altitude. And if you just pitch the nose up without increasing speed at that height, it's just going to stall the plane because you're going to go too slow. Can and you then, do that on your simulator? I can. Yeah. No, I've been up to 45,000 feet on my simulator in an F-15. Did you know there's a drone that hasn't came down in a year and a half? Is it refueling? It is has the power. It's illegal to do in civilian world, like for cars, but we have the technology to do it where they essentially have eternal power because of the way that they go up oh, and down. Shit. It creates the power of almost like a wind turbine up there, and it's in the stratosphere, like way up in the stratosphere. It flies around at like 40,000 feet. All those images that you see that are really accurate of like North Korea, China, it's from those types of drones that are going way up high that no other countries can even detect so it like free falls and like wind turbines charges a battery of doesn't some free sort? fall it just goes up and down like the it only adjusts like 150 feet the entire time how but it's just perpetual motion and perpetual energy how is that part of newton's law that energy can't be created like well because it's using it's using gravity as it goes down right to to build up energy to make mm-hmm. it climb right back but up. what's that perpetual now, you, you would think that machine? at some point no matter like how efficient it was using that energy, at some point it would need to like recharge yeah. or get something else. But is it going to be up there forever? Yeah, they could take them down. There was one that got taken down. It was the longest one that's been up there. And I think it was, I mean, I think it was two years. You could probably Google it, unmanned drone for two years in the air. And it's a crazy story because I, I didn't know about it until about six months ago is when I saw it. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's just a picture drone, right? It couldn't. It's not. It couldn't drone strike somebody. No, no, no. Definitely yeah. not. It's. It's just for pictures and um, things like that. How does? Because perpetual motion isn't that supposed to be like, like impossible by itself? Yeah, yeah, by somebody that can do it naturally. Made no. There's been all kinds of cars that have tried to develop. Whenever you're going 80 miles an hour down the road, adjust using that wind speed to keep right. your car going kind of like how a hybrid car does like when you stop it'll store up more energy they're trying to find a way that all those gaps um i know tesla is doing this all those gaps that are in like the grill of the car that those bring in wind that in turn powers Powers the the turbine big oil doesn't want that no that would uh guitar doesn't want that they Mm -hmm. don't we uh the video just came out right now of uh of donnie and me uh-huh. Going to the the USA England game, so I guess I can say now um, we did acid and went to yeah. the USA versus England game. I'd never done acid before in my life. It was not a good place to do it for the first time. Uh, I don't know what it was Jesus. supposed to feel like. I got really hot and sweaty, and I was like very on edge and paranoid about what was going on. I was like just trying to maintain the entire time I was in the stands. I think I did. Donnie and I did a pretty decent job, I think, of keeping a level head while we were going through this. But uh, Donnie got his hands on some acid over there. No idea how. And he's like, hey, do you want to do this? And I thought to myself, you know what? Like, I think I owe it to the people mm. to take acid and to go to this game and to bring home a tie. What did you do in Hong Kong? Rolling, right? MDMA. Yeah. That was the first time ever did, did MDMA. Probably the last time that I'll do it. And uh, I think this is... I don't know if I'm going to do acid again. I didn't have a great time. I didn't have like a bad trip or anything. I didn't like psych myself out or go to a super dark place. It was just not a great environment. I don't think to be like in Qatar where it's highly illegal. Right. 
and in a stadium filled with like 60,000 strangers uh, with no beer in the yeah. stadium whatsoever. Uh, it was it was a weird environment to be doing it for the first time in. And uh, I'm just happy that we got we got out of there and brought home a tie. Acid seems like the scare. Like I never want to do acid because being trapped in like a trip seems yeah. like the scariest shit like ever. I think if you've got that mentality that you're going to have a bad trip going into it, it could probably be bad for you. Um, and I'm not saying that acid's good because I personally don't even know. Like this, I'm I'm a rookie when it comes to it. I am not a drug guy, despite the fact that like we joke about me being a drug guy a lot. And so I was just going into it. And I was like just everything's gonna be cool i was like i was forcing myself into a positive mindset it was like do or die for me i was like you have to have a good mindset in this or else it's gonna be hell on earth i think the best way to defend that you're not actually a drug guy is that you only do drugs for content yeah no that's true so so, like it, so it seems like it like pft is not doing acid randomly by himself right i like, don't i i've never done acid before probably won't do it again um, haven't done MDMA since. Probably not going to do that again. It's just acid alone is a real cry for help. Like that's yeah. a, that's a real cry for help, dude. Yeah. Some, I, there's some crazy stories. Everyone, there, I, the worst college stories I've ever heard involved acid. Like one time, there was a guy who did a bunch of acid and was just uh, who ate his iPhone. Like was chomping down on his. It iPhone. Sounds like a urban urban. No, legend. it's it's not. I I was there. You guy, saw him eat his iPhone? The guy went ballistic, was trying to bang down a door, then started biting down on his iPhone and like bit it. And this and this guy was like a, a 250-pound wrestler, and he was just going nuts. He ate his iPhone? Yeah. Sounds dude, like, he sounds like a dog. Dude, he, like he scratching was, down a door, this, chewing on things he shouldn't <laughs> be chewing on. This guy, this guy was pretty Pissing damn close the to the cocaine yeah. bear. He was a very dangerous individual at that moment wow uh yeah so be i guess the moral of the story is uh if you do acid do it in a safe place <laughs> like this not guy guitar. not guitar not guitar i'd say that guitar is probably bottom five country to do yeah. acid in yeah just based Second, on my own psychedelics are not like a party drug it's not like something you take to like go have fun it's like something you take for self should be anyway for like self uh introspection introspection so you're supposed to reflect on self and do it in a uh an environment like with nature you're supposed to have a spotter somebody who's yeah. done it before kind of ease you into the process but it's not it's not like for drugs it's not like cocaine let's go do a hit ad you know what i'm saying yeah yeah that's why, that's why people be having bad trips yeah i i think if i do it next time it'll definitely be in a more calm situation i just i thought to myself when donnie mentioned that he had it i was just like you know if there if there's one way to guarantee that people will watch this video it's to just be like donnie and pft went to a world cup game in qatar on acid that's just like it's just like gasoline on a fire so and he smuggled it in right uh no i don't think so i don't know how he got it there he we actually talked about it on extra dosing uh maybe he did i don't know he it just looks like a dot on a piece of cardboard so it would be very hard to distinguish like a piece of cardboard with a little bit of glue from mm -hmm. a piece of cardboard with acid on it. And dogs don't, aren't trained to find that either. Oh, acid? It's one of the only ones that you don't smell? do. Because it's just not a big enough concern to waste your time on it. Is it it's odorless, mm -hmm. so they can't smell it? They probably could pick it up because they can smell like cancer in people, but it's not something that we ever oh. train for. What are some things that 
that dogs are trained to smell that maybe we don't think of. Because obviously they're trained to smell explosives, trained to smell like marijuana, cocaine. What else? So I can explain that process if you want. Sure. Like yeah. Why, how we do it. So with the dogs for drugs, for example, if you're going to train a drug dog, there's six different types of dro- drugs that you would use. So you use like MDMA, hash, marijuana, cocaine, heroin, and methamphetamines. So the theory behind that is it's kind of like teaching the dogs to find color. If you teach them to find red and blue, they're going to be able to find whatever color, purple. And if you do uh, whatever, the colors that make all of the six will completely cover the spectrum of whatever drugs. Same things with bombs. There's nine different types of primary explosives that people use. If you train them and they can find all of those nine, they can find the derivative of those nine as well. Okay. Whoa. So the bomb dogs, let's say we're going to the airport. I, I flew somewhere for Thanksgiving. So I was in the airport and they make you walk past the dog and you have to walk across a floor and the dog's walking around with mm-hmm. the handler. Are they, what are they sniffing for? So it's called vapor wave. So whenever there's a vapor or there's a smell in the air, it travels along almost like if you put in, you know, when you're watching the news and it'll have like different fronts that are coming in. Smells will work in the same type of front direction where it goes up and down and then it'll eventually go up. They walk those dogs through and the dog could detect on the vapor if there's going to be explosive and they'll show it. It's called a positive change. So they'll show a change of behavior and then the handler will know to look closer about what's going on. But to answer your original question, like termites, for example, on these long, like if you're going in Canada, for example, and they have a 15... 15 mile long radius where they need to check out all these different poles because some of them have broke. They'll take these dogs that are trained to find termite, send it down the entire length and the dogs will mark which ones they go because they'll stop, stare. The handler has binoculars and you can see the dog. So you mark that one that they're going to go check it out. They could detect cancer. They trained them on COVID when that was going on. Whoa. So they, I mean, basically anything they could figure. I mean, they can sense fear. They can like whenever you're going to a diabetic shock, that's how you know how serious it is. They pick up the lower level of sugar and insulin in somebody's blood before medical devices can. Wow, that's insane. So they're trained to sense fear. Yeah, fear. And you could train them. So if you're training a dog to that, to have a seizure, for instance, when somebody like has their, if they see the hand of somebody start to shake a little bit, the dog knows to get closer because you train like it's successive approximation. You're going baby steps and how big you go up. Eventually, if you teach somebody the seizures, if you just move your hand like that, the yeah. dog will come and put their body on you as like a stabilizing force. Wow. I saw this one video of this guy that was competing in, in a jujitsu tournament, mm-hmm. and he like was getting pinned. He was getting trapped on the mat by, by his opponent, and his dog comes trotting across the mat, comes up to him, and just puts both of his paws like on the guy's chest to provide pressure because I, I think it was um, – like an anxiety attack yeah. mm-hmm. uh, that that the dog was trained to spot, so it was like providing pressure on him, trying to get him out of it. And then at the match obviously stopped, and then everybody and the like, all the judges and the opponents just took turns like scratching the dog's ears. Being like, good, good dog. And a lot of times, whenever you have that scenario when that somebody passes out or faints, a lot of the dogs are taught to lay across the neck because it, like you can go cold, and whenever you warm it up, it feels it's almost comforting to you. Like in nature, you're mom doing that essentially mm-hmm. that's what they're doing is they're nurturing you back to being okay that's amazing mm-hmm. what about dogs now Aaron? don't care <laughs> <laughs> but, 
I mean, you know what? I'm gonna get. We should we should get a dog for Arian. Because this is this is the classic classic scenario where like a, sent right back. a dad a dad gets a dog and he's like oh i don't want this stupid dog next thing you know he's y'all are saying they, they, yeah then I, they're, I love, they're, they're like the, the bro, closest I, friends I of it. all time i love that that there are dogs that help people and save lives that's amazing that's amazing but y'all are only telling one side of the story it's fucking biased it's y'all ain't telling no stories about the project dogs that chase niggas down the street y'all ain't telling no stories about niggas that get bit y'all ain't telling all these other stories so it's like just provide a little balance. Y'all over here trying to make me out to be a bad guy. Well, no, I it's mean, not, let's, not the case. let's use our heads, Aaron, because you always you always are one that would look at things in the correct perspective and say, why are we so afraid of sharks? Why do we hate sharks so much when we kill 67 million of them each year and they kill like two of us? I'm not. I wouldn't have. I know exactly why we're afraid of sharks. But you don't hate sharks, right? I, I'm not in proximity with them enough to have an opinion on them. This is why like, going niggas, ain't, niggas ain't walking down the street with sharks. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, I do think a true. lot of people are like, there's no bad dogs, and that's just categorically yeah. untrue. My dad is also not a dog person because he was like attacked when he was younger. He like tells a story about how he like was with his brother sneaking into a junkyard, and literally he got caught by junkyard dogs. Like that was back when all those cartoon mm -hmm. junkyard dogs uh -huh. like were real. <laughs> and he got caught by like a couple of Doberman pinchers and he just hates dogs. I love dogs. So, and he's even like a little wary around my dog. So I totally understand how like there's a definitely different viewpoint on dogs depending on your own personal experience. The Doberman might be the most trumped up dog that there is. Cause if they don't have their like ears clipped and their tails cropped, they look like little pussies. They're, yeah. they're so goofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They look like uh Weimaranos, right? Is that the Weimaraner? Weimar yeah. yeah. Billy do use the, the German pronunciation of it. Weimar Weiner. Weimar Weimar. <laughs> you have the Weimarana? <laughs> you have the Weimarana. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the Dobermans, when they got the floppy ears, they just mm. look like a bunch of little goofballs. Right. And they're not intimidating at all. Rottweilers look scary no matter what, but they're yeah. awesome dogs. Right. They're the ear clipping thing, I totally it's I it's I think it's unnecessary nowadays, but I understand why they did it because my dog gets ear infections all the time and I'm always putting drops in there. And I was like, well, the clip the clip thing, you know, played a role at one point. To let it breathe more? So, yeah, so it doesn't get like the the, the, the air gets trapped or whatever because Yeah, and the then flop. it gets moist and then there's an infection. It's yeast. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. But it's just so unnecessary nowadays, and you're just if you're clipping your dog's ear, you're trying to look like you have a scary dog. Yeah, just trying to trying to make it look badass. If you want to look badass, you know the easiest way to do that. How you don't have to clip your ears. You just go out, you buy a pair of Shady Rays sunglasses, because Shady Rays offer the industry best combination of fit, style, and performance, but they don't have the big brand price tag on it. That's why I love Shady Rays. Shady Rays is the official sunglass of macrodosing. It's the official sunglasses part of my take. It's the official sunglasses of life around the office here. They've got the best quality, and they've got the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or if you break your pair, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. Wear with confidence because Shady Rays has your back long after the purchase. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. I've donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good by making an impact. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. 
Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the entire season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use code MACRO, get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's right. We're doing 50% off two or more pairs when you use promo code MACRO. Get 50% off two or more pairs of their polarized sunglasses. All right. Um, Arian, how was your weekend? What'd you get into? Uh, I golfed pretty much all weekend, man. Not going to lie. That sounds awesome. Uh, yo, my um, my follow cart came in. The, the Stuart Q follow. Not an oh, ad. Wow. Just a uh, happy fucking consumer. That thing is fire, dog. You put your bag on it. You got your little uh, remote. You hook it to the back of your belt. You press follow on the remote, and it just follows you everywhere. You go throughout the fairway, the rough, wherever you at, and you can even control it to the manual mode, to where you can like put it next to the next tee while you putting on on on, on the green. It shit is. It makes walking so much more enjoyable because you ain't gotta like actually push your car. It's like having a caddy, so it's like you you really out there playing the course and you on tour or some shit. It's 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 amazing, though. It's amazing technology. Any mishaps like hitting a child? Like Tesla no, there no, no, nah, there's no children on, the, on autopilot. On the, yeah, <laughs> that would be that'd be tough to explain. Sorry, my 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 bag robot that I'm too lazy to push around ran over your kid. I Any missteps for it okay. though at all? Like going into a bunker, going into the water, or anything? Nah, I tried to. I tried to. There was this one curve on this one part three where you kind of have to walk down and then walk up, and it's this concrete road that was kind of like real wavy. Um, I, uh, it fell on its side, but it was my fault. It wasn't, it wasn't that, th- I was just kind of trying to push it to its limit, but, uh, I, I just have no complaints with that thing. That thing is fire. And my first hole of the day, I birdied the first hole of the day. It was like, we set, I ended up shooting up 94, but. Did you name your cart? I should, huh? You should name the robot. Yeah. I should. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about it. I'm gonna give it some time. You know, it's, you gotta. I really care about the. I do like the idea of doing a, a recurring segment just called "Happy Fucking Consumer," <laughs> like just a product that you purchase that you're that you're very pleased with. Well, that let this be the opening episode because that motherfucker is it's a it's like I think it's like twenty five hundred something like that. It's a lot of money, but it's uh. I, I play so much golf. You said what? <laughs> I I mumbled twenty nine. I looked it up. Oh yeah. Well, it okay, depends if you got the black or the carbon. I got the black. Okay, yeah, twenty nine. <laughs> yeah, does it have um, a speaker on it? No, I just I put a little speaker in my bag, Bluetooth speaker in my bag. Got a little. This is what I'm saying. It's like a very enjoy. If you like golf, it's like one of the most enjoyable things because I got the Bluetooth speaker. You know, I got the portable battery. I got the phone. We out there vibing with music, golf. It's just it's just an amazing. Time. I can't wait. I, I'm so mad. I, I don't know if I've never paid attention enough. Because I haven't been golfing like that. Yeah. But these last four months, I actually golf five months. Uh, it's raining like a motherfucker in Houston right now. And I don't remember ever it raining this much. And I could be wrong, but it's just like every time it rains, I can't go golf. You know what I'm saying? San Antonio so is the same maybe I'm right just, now. Yep. Yeah, it's just annoying, man. So whatever, I'll get over it. It's a great product, though. So, but you shot 94. You What's your handicap at now? It's still around like 19, 18. But um, I... I guarantee by the end of the year I'm a crack. I'm gonna get in the in the high 80s. It's like, you know, I, but so like before when I first was talking about or first was playing golf, 
I was shooting in the high 90s, low 100s, but that was also like, oh, let me get a mulligan here. Oh, yeah. let me... Yeah, let me move my ball out the way I'm from the tree. That type. That's the kind of hundreds I wasn't. Right now, I'm legit shooting like low 90s to where it's like I'm playing it for real, to where you play it as it lies, no mulligans, shit like that. Like, and so it's like it's legit, and so like I could actually see. I've been taking lessons and shit. Like, shit's fun, man. But you are tempted to sure. take a mulligan, I imagine. Nah, because it's like who you cheating at the end of the day. I would say who you fooling. It's like it's your score. Yeah. So it's like why 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 play the game? Like if I go out with some of the homies and we just drinking and stuff, I'm not really keeping score like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm just we're playing good shots, having some drinks, shit like that. But like if I'm out there like really trying to score, there's no I ain't trying to cheat myself. There ain't no point. How uh how far can you drive? Uh my farthest, it was a tad downhill but my farthest is it was like 350 something damn uh, it was like 352 yeah um but on average it's not my average at all on average i'm probably around 280 290 but i hit this it was crazy because they had this like narrow fairway um for uh par four and it's a narrow fairway and it was a short par four it's probably like 290 and so i just put my three wood out and i was like i'm just gonna swing light because i don't you know what i'm saying i'm trying to get trying to get it in the fairway so i could play it i hit that bitch on the green and had an eagle put it was crazy shit Damn. flew and it was like two it was so it went like 290 with my three wood so it's like i don't know when you start when you start really practicing and stuff you can see the um you can see the you know the the product of the work that you've been putting in i've been really practicing that because i don't got nothing else to do so Damn, that's pretty I'm good. Excited. That's pretty good. I would like to yeah, get I'm back excited. on the course. I got I got these new clubs from TaylorMade. So uh, I went and they did that like swing fitting thing. That's when I I, mm. I hurt my forearm. And they gave me like I wanted to get the most um, elderly set of clubs possible. So I got <laughs> like all hybrids except for <laughs> I think I've got like a seven iron, eight iron, nine iron. But I've got like four or five hybrids. I just want to be able to go out on the golf course and not lose every single ball, you know? Like, I want to be able to be I, I good understand. enough at golf where it's fun, not where it's just a pain in the ass for everybody else that I'm with. I got the new TaylorMades, too, and I got rid of the Dyson or Bryson DeChambeau, like the same length ones. I had those. They worked pretty decently, but I always felt like a fucking idiot whenever I was walking around with those, and I would be paired with somebody else, and they'd be like, is that the Bryson? Because <laughs> that just makes me look like I... I'm a huge Bryson guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, that I just buy whatever he has. <laughs> They're like, oh, cool. Do you have a Bentley in the parking lot, too? Like, no, I don't. What's he up to these days? I haven't heard much from our boy Bryson, or big swollen those, steroid boy. All those live golf guys. Yeah. I, I got I got caught. I got caught in the, in the he got caught in my al- algorithm for YouTube, because I've been watching a whole bunch of golf YouTube videos, oh. and so he pops up a bunch, and so I've watched a few of his videos. He's basically, like, trying to build his YouTube brand. Because, like, there's a part of the golf world that, like, hates all the live players. They feel like they sold out. And so, like, he's trying to, like, build the person. I mean, he seems like a cool dude to me. I, I don't mm. I don't got no no qualms with him. But uh, uh, he definitely, he just, he has to just go out and, you know, shoot nine, shoot 18, play with other people. He collabs with a lot of other, like, internet golfers, like YouTube golfers. So I imagine that he's, he's, like cool dude. he's probably not that fun to hang out with, though. 
I've seen enough. Why? Why? I, I've heard. I've heard. Like, there's like a lot of disdain towards him. I, I don't know why though. Like, I haven't dug into. It. I just see it. I see the beef online. Like, I don't know what's what's the issue. He's just a dork, and he's always he's yelling at people. I, you can tell that he's a jerk because of how he acts towards people that um that are like working for the tournament mm-hmm. out on the course. So like he'll scream at a rules official that comes over and gives him a ruling, and then call somebody else over. He'll he's a big time like let me see your manager. Kind yeah. of guy. Mm, he's, he's a Karen. He's a dude, Karen. He has a dude, Karen. And people also hate him because he takes forever. Yes. Like if he's playing, he will. It'll take him ninety seconds, two minutes in between shots. Like even if it's or longer than that, even if it's just like a pretty simple shot, he goes through like where's the wind at right now and looks through all of his charts and just fucking hit it, man. It's a six iron. Yeah, he he complains about everything. He um his sponsors even like had to release statements this year talking about what a piece of shit he is to work with. Because really? yeah, because they they are trying to engineer clubs that are specifically to his. Um, he's so trying he's to sponsor by. He's trying to invent new clubs essentially Cobra. because he's swinging so hard and he wants them to create these new shafts and new uh, club heads that have never been invented before. So they're trying to like do the science to figure out how to make it work. And occasionally uh, they will have to pause and be like, "We need to reevaluate our design." Because it's not working what we're doing right now. And then he'll get mad at them and publicly blame the company that he's working with for not being able to meet his specifications. But it's like, dude, these clubs don't exist yet. You're making them <laughs> invent a new type of golf club based on what like the the mad scientist stuff that you've done to your own swing. And so his own sponsors have to like release statements being like, We do not sorry, Bryson's being a jerk and he's completely alienated our entire product team. Which is Damn. something that's very rare. It's rare to have like a company that's paying you millions of dollars to also have to release a statement like that. I would imagine you'd be pretty pissed if somebody was like, hey, we're going to give you $10 million. Now go shit on everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the way ads usually work. <laughs> no, usually not. Usually you can pay me anything and I'll talk about right. how great tailor-made clubs are. Man, I'm telling you, I'm hitting this thing a mile. My Jack. personal favorite hamster wheel. The one that I always go to whenever I buy a new hamster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Billy, I'm, I'm in the. Yeah, go, oh, ahead. So go ahead. Go ahead. Now I was just gonna say how to talk more golf. I'm trying to get a new driver. Uh, mine's out of mine's out of season. It's, it's time to get a new driver. We got to have but you go golf. golfing with Trent. Have you Who's and Trent? So Tr- you would love Trent. He's uh he's trying to break ninety for the first time. He's, hey, so he, am I. Yeah, so I think that would be that would be cool. Team you guys up. Let's a little do bit. it. Set it up. Set it up. When we go, uh, I got the homie out. Oh, Victor Cruz. He'd be hella golfing too. I told him when I'm in New York uh, in January. Let's 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 get around together. That'd be a cool little little thing. That'd to be do. a great video. Yeah, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Victor Cruz, Aaron, just, and Trent. I'm hearing all this golf talk, and I'm just at the point in my life where I know at some point I'm gonna have to get into golf because it'll be the only sport that most people play together. Yeah. And I'm just in denial about getting to that point where it's like you can't play any real sports anymore. Yeah, I could tell that you were over here like judging people for golfing. I wasn't judging. It was just more like hearing like men talk about like prostate checks and stuff. That's is, is that's what you hear when people are talking about golf? Yeah. He's calling you. What the fuck? <laughs> you might as well be talking about your buttholes. <laughs> or tits. <laughs> Uh, I could see Big T getting really into golf. I play golf probably two or three times a year. I'm not good at it at all. Uh, by about the 14th hole, I I all I usually take off like 14, 15, 16, so I can 
yeah. really give it my all on the last two. Uh-huh. It's just, it's too long. It's too hot. I, I only play like in the summer, like when I'm home for July 4th, I'll go with my friends and it's just 100 degrees. I'm not good at it. I don't have the the time to like get good at it. And it's like hard to play here. So it's like, I, I do it a couple times a year, but it's not something I thoroughly enjoy necessarily. It, it is tough to get good. That's the thing. It's like golf has such a high barrier for entry that yeah. if you're a kid and your family doesn't have a lot of money, like there's, it's impossible for you to get into mm-hmm. golf. Like with greens fees, mm-hmm. clubs, balls, lessons, all that stuff. Even if you take lessons out of the equation, like golf is super expensive just to play. Whereas mm-hmm. like basketball, you just you get yeah, a new ball. I, I read an article that the three most difficult sports to get into for someone that's not affluent, of course, like being like a horse racer or something like that, being a jockey. But it was gymnastics, swimming, and golf. Yeah. Swimming really? shockingly expensive. Yeah. I grew up in gymnastics. It's really expensive. Yeah. Because the, the, the coaches, like mm-hmm. if you're a gymnastics coach, you're raking it in. Some of them, some of them, yeah. Like they're if you own the place, you're raking them in. Yeah, if you own a gym, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I would imagine you know travel soccer is very expensive too. Travel anything? Yeah. Yeah, I was reading something. Yeah, I was just I was, I was telling Shorty that day. I was like, if if I was introduced to golf like at a young age, that I, I might have been a golfer. It's so like I like I fell in love with it. And it's just like it's like everything an athlete wants that's competitive. But do you but think like anything also, happened, like for your age group, like being able to go out there to a really beautiful setting? Do you think you would have appreciated that? Because I think as you're older, looking onto the course and seeing how it's manicured, how it's taken care of, you appreciate it more as you're older than as a kid. Well, I think I don't. I don't. I've never really cared about. I don't even care about that now. Like uh, um, honestly, I, I think what draws me to it more than anything now is that. There is no, you're not playing against anybody. You're playing against yourself, right? And that's kind of a cliche to say, but it's the realest shit ever. And so it's like, it's like you're, you're constantly fighting your tendencies as an athlete or just as a human to, to do things that is, that feels instinctual. That's why a lot of golf is like counterintuitive. So like, like I'm, you know, an ex NFL athlete that when I try to swing as hard as I can to hit the ball, it don't go nowhere or it goes left or it goes right. But when I nice, easy take a swing with the correct technique and it doesn't feel like I'm putting any effort in it, the bitch goes 320. You know what I'm saying? So it's like mm-hmm. you're also you're, you're fighting yourself constantly. And it's like this uh, never ending journey to try to perfect consistency and you're never going to do it. And I think that's why it's like a lifelong game and it's a lifelong journey and so I, I think it's why a lot of elderly people especially like retired people play it a lot is because it's, it's just something that will constantly challenge you um and it's 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 you it's not you're not fight like there were so many i used to hate playing ball like for a simple reason like i could be i think i've said it before on this podcast but like i could have the greatest game i've ever had right or felt the greatest but like if my teammates do, don't do what they're supposed to do. Like I'm not going. I'm not getting. I'm not going. I'm not getting any yards. You know what I'm saying? There's so many other variables. Variables. When it's golf, it's just you. Like you know, there are other sports that's like that. But that's that's what I fell in love with. And I think at a, at a young age, I would I would have enjoyed to answer your question. That was very long winded. But to, I, I would enjoyed uh, at that age um, uh, mentally challenging myself because I mean shit. I I was I was a 12 year old taking a bike across the city to go run hills. So it was like, I, I, I knew discipline. I knew how to be disciplined. Um, but it was just applied in that sport because that's all I knew. And that's all I was introduced to. When you were taking your bike across the city to run hills, were you like, that? was there one hill 
that you're like, I got to get to that. That's the good hill that I have to train on. Yeah, so my dad trained me when I was when I was real young, and he was like, "This is the best hill because they was doing construction at this place, and it was sand. So it was like it was like you were running in sand, and you were going uphill. So it was like extremely good for for training purposes. And so that was the only hill from that area that that we saw that was perfect distance, and and had other things around it that I could do some small drills around, like warm up and stuff. But yeah, that sounds like a great hill. Sand actually. dunes. Who, who's, who's the one who did uh, uh, footwork drills in Tim's on the beach? I don't know. I that sound like that sound like that sound like something silly. Do yeah. you do you like golf more than football? Uh, right now, just uh, I mean, I I guess, but just like in general, like you said, if you'd been introduced to golf as a kid, you would have wanted to play golf. I've never okay that's a good question. I think I've never So football was something that I enjoyed doing, but I never liked practicing. I fucking hated practicing. Uh hated learning new, the playbook. I hated uh I hated the feeling before I went uh in a game that it's just this gut-wrenching like anxiety Oh my God, the buildup and the tension. I hated that. But as soon as the ball snapped and you get hit first, that goes away. And then you enjoy it. Um, but there's just so many, like, I enjoyed it for sure. But like with golf, I, I just can't wait to go practice. I've never felt like that about a sport. Like I hated training for football. I hated running them hills. I hated, li- I could not stand lifting weights. Hated all that shit. But I did it. But I did it well. And and that, that's, a, I, I guess I learned a lot about myself throughout the process. Um, but, I've never had a sport to where I was like, I cannot wait to go do this. Like, I just maybe maybe it's just a now thing, but this is that's how I feel right now. I just love this shit. Like it, it it is consuming me. So when you're 12 years old and you're running these hills and you're hating every second of it, are you just thinking yeah. to yourself the whole time like you're doing this because you've got a greater goal? Which what I don't know what that goal was, or like what were you thinking about as the reason for why you're doing this thing that you hate? Yeah, means to an end. I I knew, oh, I didn't know. I thought I knew. Uh, I thought I knew that that was the pathway to get to the NFL. And so it was instilled in me at a very young age that is possible from my father. Uh, uh, but you had you have to. I had to set realistic goals. This is great. Matter of fact, this is great. I maybe I've said this too, but uh, for all those young people out there, if you have goals, write them down. Put them in the, like in the mirror in the bathroom or at your door before you leave somewhere you're gonna see. So my dad told me to do this when I was a young, and and he's like, okay, what do you want to do? I said I want to make it to the NFL. Well, how do you make it to the NFL? Well, I gotta, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get in college first. Well, if you gotta get, how do you get into college? How do you get a scholarship? Well, you gotta start on your team first. Well, how do you start on your team first? Well, you gotta beat everybody around you. Well, what do you gotta do to beat everybody around you? And you write each one down. And I gotta, be, I gotta be faster than this guy. Well, how do you get faster than this guy? Well, you gotta train like that. So you you start knocking down these goals. You start writing down these goals. And the the far fetched goal at the end of it seems less far fetched because you broke it down into segments and you do you can do something daily to attack that big goal, but it's small little in small increments. And so he said, if you write your goals down. Uh, one or two things going to happen. You're going to wake up every morning and you're going to do, you're going to hit and you're going to do it and you're going to do it and you'll fall somewhere around your 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 initial goal or you're going to rip it down because you can get tired of seeing it because uh, you're not doing the shit you need to do every single day. And that was one of the most powerful things my father ever taught me. And um, 
and and so as a 12 year old i you know i just had these grandiose ideas of what i wanted to do i wanted to get my family out of the circumstances we was in i just knew i had the fear of being broke when i was little i just had the biggest fear ever and so i just i did i this all my energy went to that and so everything that i could do it would do i got the homies used to be we i, I was uh in san diego this last past uh this month uh my man's had a baby and he was we were just joking like the whole the whole crew was around like i used to go run laps around the track like before practice after practice and they used to clown me like i used to get clowned all the time and it was just jokes and shit but like that's i was just focused i just had a, i just had a goal and i did everything i could to get towards that goal do you think the process of getting better in golf is much different than football like i would imagine the incremental gains yeah. that you can make in golf you see the result really quickly and that you need that you are getting better did you ever feel that in football when you were at the top of your game? Like that there's these little incremental steps that I could make? Or did you feel like you topped out when you were destroying the Jags every year? Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Uh, <laughs> um, it's like yes and no. So I think, I don't think you get good in golf that fast. I think I'm probably a little bit, you know, more inclined to do that show because I, I spent so much years like, controlling my body. And mm -hmm. so like most people aren't going to get good that fast, but you see small improvements. But for me, my improvements have been happening pretty fast because like, I, like I'll, I'll listen You're to the athlete. coach. Yeah. yeah and I'll apply it right there. And they're like, well, it's, it's good when you, you know, you know how to, you know, control your body. Um, but in football, um, I used to tell people like that. That's why I hated about it so much. Is like I spent the entire year training for it, and I only get to play sixteen times a year, you know, or or twelve or fourteen if I'm in college. It's not that many. You don't get to play football that much. Like even if you're in practice, it's these simulated and isolated instances where you're running plays, working on situations, and so it's the you can see improvement in your game in football, but it takes a longer time to play it out, in my opinion, rather than golf. Um, but also, it's also contingent on, like I said, all the other variables. Like, I could be way faster, but if I'm behind a third-team O-line and I can't get busy, then ain't nobody going to see the improvements in the game. You know what I mean? And so you have you have to wait on certain breaks. And a lot, just a lot of things have to fall your way. I always tell people, man, if, if you have any kind of success, especially in sports, man, you got a lot of luck that that, that came your way. Yeah. Uh, and so where, what's your goal at right now for golf? If you were looking at that, that vision board. What's the ultimate thing? So right now, my goal is I have a goal to to get into the 80s by the end of December. And I'm so close. Oh, I, I tricked it off the other day, fam. Oh, my God. So I was I had two holes left and I was sitting like at 80, 80 or 81, like something like that. And I was like, done. We got it. It's in the bag. And on the last hole, the last hole, I think I had. I had a, like five shots, so I, I was like at 85. And I was like, we got it, you know? No, 84, I was at 84. I was like, we got it. I drove that bitch like three something, and I'm 50 yards in. And I'm like, this is money, I'm, I, we did it. I ended up with a fucking seven. 
it just the chip went all the the green was slanted i misread putts i three putted it was just bad so but like that's anyway the goal is to to be in the 80s by december and the goal is by the end of next year to be able to shoot par all right it's lofty and then and and then we're going to get you on the senior tour why can't I be on a senior tour? I, man? I think that's 30, such a great 30, goal. That like, what if you thirty six birthday? What well, you mean? Okay? Yeah, because Aaron, you got like, listen, you're making. Incredible- I'm gonna sell out. Live tour. I'm a hey, live tour. I'm gonna give me a live contract. Fuck that. Yeah, that that contract will last until uh, MBS hears the episode that we did last week about him. And then that's what's up. Then I'll get Falcons sign up bonus. <laughs> you, I think MBS did help broker. The um, the deal Merchant of Death and Brittany Griner. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that occurred. He was involved, I think. Chaps, do you have know anything about? Yeah, the Saudi and like them and UAE always kind of work together. Like if there's anybody that we really don't like, like Iran, we go through either Saudi or the UAE and have for mm-hmm. like generations. Really, did they get a cut? Uh, I think they get continued relationship with the United States. Like, I think that's a big reason why Saudi Arabia, besides the oil, because everything else in their government, almost all Americans hate, but they like the fact that we can get oil and that there'll be intermediaries on even Russia. Like, Russia will use them. Iran will use them. Other countries in Africa use them. Like, uh, South Sudan use them a lot. Yeah, there was actually a video of uh, the tarmac with Britney being led from yeah. like one plane and the merchant of death being led. It, it looked like a scene from a movie. Right. Of where, all the government shit, that's exactly the the most accurate for is prisoner exchange. Yeah. It was crazy watching it. It's like, holy shit, this is actually like I almost expected after Britney like crossed the line over or whatever to get to the US side. Snatch that, her back. Yeah, like so or some team would like go in and swoop down on the merchant of death and like take him back in the Yeah, and what you don't see on those ones is heavily armed people on both sides and inside the like usually limousines do you remember when bo bergdog got ex- exchanged for the five yep. high-ranking taliban members yep that was the same situation but that that scene looks so much different because they all came in on blackhawks so they like ch oh, uh, ch 77s were or 47s were dropping down and then everybody got out bo bergdog still had like the um like the sandbag cover on his head. And then they took it off right before he was exiting the helicopter. Oh my God. So then he couldn't even tell them like where he came from. Like they picked him up in a helicopter with this thing over his head. So they couldn't even bring you back to like where their headquarters was. What do you think? What do you think? Like, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Trigger secure trigger discipline. What's the trigger discipline? Like during an intense hostage exchange like that, are they, <laughs> is, is there safety? Is, off? Yeah. Is it safety off or safety on? I would imagine in those, like for me, whenever I was rolling through like Fallujah, I was always safety off. Like it depends on how much the threat is imminent. So I would imagine in those moments, yeah, they clicked off safe for sure. And that you're just. I would have. I mean, if I'm there and I know that the situation is that much, I'm not waiting. Because even in the heat of the moment, you have no idea in a firefight how often even military guys will and ladies will not click over to fire where they go to the first one and it's stiff. They do that all the time. Police officers may miss 82% of their first shots fired because of nerves. Hmm. So would you, uh, in a situation like that, are you looking at, uh, like all the Russian, all the Russian soldiers, are you like looking at their hands or what are you looking at? You can kind of pick up uneasy, 
like somebody looking uneasy and everybody else knows because you have very particular types of people that do that, like high level personnel security and things like that that are extremely well trained. So they can pick up on body language, but both sides have those. Like if you talk large scale militaries, ours would destroy anybody else in the world. When you're talking about elite fighters, there is other countries that have the same type of in-person capability. What's one country that you think is like under the radar? They might not have the depth that Poland. that the Poland really. Oh shit! Their dudes are hardcore. Yeah, Poland. I mean, I I personally believe that the the roughest people on the planet and the least people that I would want to fight in a group is Chechens. Like the yeah. people from Chechnya are fucking no. Because <laughs> that's the, the all they've had is UFC. war. That was one of the biggest times I was nervous. We were operating in an area outside of Fallujah, and they said that there's Chechnyan snipers in the area. And I was like, fuck, because they've only done war for generations. Yeah. And their shooters don't give a fuck. They are fearless. And when we found out that there's Chechen snipers in the area, we had to rechange some things. Like, they could, because they are very, very capable. What was, like, it, what was Chechnya doing down there, like, rolling with Iraq? They just mercenaries. Like, because they've done it so long, they'll just be mercenaries. So, like, if there's a war going down for the right price, you can get some Chechens. For Yeah. For example, like, whenever you're dealing with somebody who's a sniper from that area, typically they will have, like, a sniper hide wall, like, that you have just a break in it where you could put the barrel. But in those situations, when that happens, you could pick up on muzzle flash whenever they're not far enough back. Chechens are experienced enough that they know to go to the back of the room and create the hole that the bullet is going to go out where they have the target. So they're firing through a hole, so but you, from across you don't know the where room. they are. And they use a type of suppressor that goes on like the end of a 50 caliber sniper rifle or bigger sniper rifle that makes the sound engulf you instead of coming out. Because a normal like AK-47, you can hear where the sound dissipates and you can hear like if it, the bullet's coming to you, it feels like a snap. Like you hear a snap thing that's yeah. going overhead. When you're behind the bullet, that's when you hear the loud bang. So if you hear the bang, you're behind the bullet. If you hear snapping and it sounds like snapping, it's going over your head, mm. that's a round coming at you. Yeah, I, I told somebody that the other day because I think you had tweeted about that. Mm -hmm. And somebody was asked because we heard something that sounded like gunfire. And I was like, here's what Chap says. If you hear the popcorn sound, like the, the bangs, if you hear the bangs, at least the person's firing away from where you're at right. at that if point. You, if you hear snaps that are going against the wall or over your head, you're in a, you're in a bad spot. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. So those Chechens, they weren't like joining it. Like they weren't on a jihad trip. They were definitely getting paid by. Yeah, they Iraq. all. They a lot of them get paid like for doing that kind of stuff. Like, and that's not just them. That's what the Wagner Group started as in Russia was doing mercenary shit. Yeah, we were talking about Donnie and I were talking about the Wagner Group on uh, extra dosing. And is it is it true that they purposely chose like an Anglo like an Anglo Saxon type name Wagner so that you couldn't really pick up that it was just basically the Russian mercenaries. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Yeah. That's um I okay. Well consider me like I'm I'm never gonna fuck with the Chechen. Well, now the Chechens are in are in Ukraine. Yeah. On the beside the Russians. And a lot of yeah. that's because they're mercenaries. They're hired. Like they are hired folks that go out. Why don't we just pay them more to stay home? Because they hate us. <laughs> like I think they're one of the biggest groups in, that hate us. Like any group that that's the reason why Chechens will go against any place that America's on. They'll join their side so they can fight us. And they're technically Russia. And they hate us because of uh, what we've done in the Balkans. Yeah. Over Finance the last, a lot like, of their enemies. 20 yeah. years, 30 years. Man, also, it gets complicated. I mean, now where were the Chechens? Which side were the Chechens on during like the Soviet-Afghan war? I'm not sure. Where'd they fall? Was that back when Russia was still 
enemies with them. Um, that's like yeah. way outside of anything I would know. Yeah, because I remember there's a crazy video of a Russian, like Russia was invading Chechnya and there was a Chechen guy and a Russian guy and they both served together at some point. It was like after the collapse of the Soviet Union and they were like talking like, Dmitry, don't come in here, send your men back because if you don't, they're not going to come home. And they're like, we know each other, but like they are fighting and it's just like an intense video. That, yeah, like, and that's pretty common talk between two militaries. Like one of my favorite General Mattis quote is, um, I come in peace with tears in my eyes. I'm pleading with you, but if you fuck with me, I'll kill you all. Jeez. And he, he said that in a tribal council meeting just outside of Baghdad when they first got there because they were like playing some games and he was telling them, we will fucking kill everybody in this room. It's Mad Dog. <laughs> that's That's the original Mad Dog. All right, chaps just left. Before we get to the rest of the show, it's brought to you by Hey Dude. I'm wearing the Hey Dude shoes. Uh, I'm holding the Hey Dude shoe right now if you're watching on YouTube. These shoes are incredible. They're great house shoes. They're great quick put-on shoes. Billy always says if he's got to put on a pair of shoes to go walk the dog, they're always the Hey Dudes. Uh, I wear them if I'm going across the street to the store, if I'm just going around the neighborhood, a lot of times around the office, perfect office shoes. The best TV-watching shoes of all time, I would say. Hey, dude, check it out. You know that feeling of coming home after a long day, sinking into your favorite chair on the porch, popping open a beverage and feeling the good vibes instantly wash over you? That's exactly how your feet feel the second you slip on a pair of Hey, Dude shoes. Hey, Dude makes some of the comfiest, lightest, and coziest shoes out there. Easy to put on, and they look good with just about everything. Some even have the interior faux fur linings that are perfect for winter weather and the holidays. Try a pair for yourself. Your first step inside and your toes are officially on chill mode. Great gifts, too. This would be great for your parents. If they're looking for a nice, comfortable pair of shoes to wear around the house, Hey Dude is the best that you can do. Come to think of it, Hey Dude shoes are kind of like a home for your feet. Welcome home, toes. Use code BARSTOOL for 15% off at HeyDude.com. Grab a pair for yourself or as a gift to special guys and gals in your life this holiday season. That's HeyDude.com. Hey Dude, good to go. Uh, all right. Well, anybody else have anything we want to get into here? Um, do we want to talk about something that's happening? That's a great question, Mad Dog. Do you know what I'm? Do talking we want about? to talk about something that's happening that we maybe just solidified? Yes, we are going to be doing a live show. We are January. I almost said January sixth. January. Nope. <laughs> January. Live show. Big, big <laughs> event. <laughs> Come on out. Uh, January twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. January twenty sixth in New York. Here in New York City, greatest city on earth. That's what Big T said. Uh, come on out. What's the name of the place that it's at? Uh, it's at Sony Hall. Sony Hall. Mm-hmm. Sony Hall. Come out January 26th. When do tickets go on sale? They are on sale today at noon. So if you're wow. listening to this um, on Tuesday and it's in the afternoon, tickets are on sale. That's a Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arian, you're coming up for it, right? I'm out there, dogs. All right. And you know what? It's a Thursday night. We'll go out and have a couple drinks afterwards. Whoa. So come have come have some beers with us after the show. It'll be a good time. You know what's near there. Billy just perked up so hard when I said we're going to have <laughs> beers did. afterwards. Well, you know, you could be a client and you get could, entertained. You the, could be a client and get yeah. entertained by Billy if you come to the live show. The best restaurant in New York City is very wild. close to where this is. Shake Shack. And they, they specialize in, in beers. What's that? Yard House Times Square. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Best yeah. spot in New York City. Really? <laughs> I was going to say Margaritaville. Wait, are we close they're to Margaritaville? Across, they're yeah, across in, the street. It's in Hell's Kitchen. We might have to go to Margaritaville after the show. 
do we? I'm in there. Yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to each one of y'all's liquor spots and I'm getting lit. Yeah, after the show. After the show, meet me underneath the Statue of Liberty's dress in Margaritaville <laughs> in that special table that they have there, and we're, the boys are gonna be slamming some daiquiris. <laughs> It'll be a good time. So come on out. I can't wait. Yeah. It'll be a blast. We're waiting on confirmation. We we might have a very special guest. The day before. Huh? Oh, no, I'm no, saying I'm, exci- I'm, ex- la- I'm excited if that shit falls through. Yes. A special guest at the show itself. Yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> Big, Cat. Big Cat will not be there. Wait, I have no idea what you're talking about. You it sh- was in the you group should. chat. We've, yeah. we've discussed it in this room. What? Yeah. Don't worry about it. You'll be surprised too then. <laughs> yeah. So, so Billy gonna is not going to find out. Oh, oh, you know. Y'all, y'all, and, remember. y'all and Billy will be surprised. Yeah. Now, now I remember. All right. So come on out. We can't wait to see you guys. And we'll uh, we'll entertain you. You will be a client for an evening. Mm-hmm. That's what we'll call the Macrodosians that attend. They will be Billy's clients. And uh, make sure to bring your your party pants. Second edition of the lib detector test, I I assume. Yeah, we're bringing it back. <laughs> Going to have to. The lib detector test was was maybe the best part of our first show. <laughs> Big T got to the bottom of of some of the political affiliations yeah. of the people in the audience, <laughs> big yeah. time. All right, so uh, imagine, yeah. imagine Big T just like that became his act, and he went on tour, gun like city oh, to city. It like, was a hit. Did it you was Jeff a hit. Foxworthy? Lib. You might be a lib. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what were some oh of the ones God. last time? It was like um, if you've ever eaten a Beyond Meat patty. No, no, oh, you might be a lib. Shut up, dude. The <laughs> one I remember was <laughs> what's your favorite SNL cast member? And I forget what the guy said, but any answer to that question meant you were a lib. <laughs> um, there were Unless it's Norm McDonald, right? Yeah, Norm. I don't know that much about him. I don't know if he was. What I don't about know his it's more just the insta- leanings? The yeah, but if, you, if you're watching SNL, SNL mm-hmm. in 2022 on NBC, what about yeah. Steve Martin? What about Again, him? I don't. Like is, he was a, is Steve a, Martin a conservative? No, but he's like well loved, cheaper by the dozen. He's an SNL cast member. Well, yeah, the, I mean, but a lip, Billy. There've been a ton of very well loved SNL cast Adam members. Sandler. Chevy Chase. No, everyone hates Chevy everyone Chase. Hates That's, Chevy right, right. You pick the one guy that everyone thinks sucks. No, I I think Chevy Chase is funny from yeah. stuff I like in Community. Yeah, I know he's probably a douchebag. Yeah, he's but like he's renowned. what about that answer? Is that a lit answer? I've already explained the joke, so you can keep naming people. But what about Dennis Miller? Dennis Miller, people forget Eddie Murphy, Monday Night Adam Football Sandler. legend. Again, Billy, I, yeah. I explained we, what the joke was. Uh, do you guys remember when Dennis Miller was on Monday Night Football? Mm-hmm. That was so bad. It was so bad. I, I don't. I don't remember. That. So, so he did all these like crazy historical references, but like. It did not work at all in a football booth. I remember I tuned in. Um, it was like week two, and Dennis Miller's doing his like introduction monologue in the booth, and he goes, I haven't seen murkier bloodlines since the house of Plantagenet. <laughs> and I was, I looked at my dad. I was like, are we watching a football game right now? <laughs> who was his, who was the host when he was doing it? Uh, like the analyst? It might have been Dan Fouts. Play by play? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I I'm think not, it was. Let's see. Dennis Miller, Monday Night Football. It was a disaster. And that's when Gruden came in after that, right? I think so. Oh, no, no. There were a couple years. I think it went to um, Tony Kornheiser, Joe Theismann, and... That was equally as bad. And Those were, Mike that was Patrick. terrible. Dude, Kornheiser and Theismann hated each other. Theismann sucks. You know how bad you have to... Like, how, how shitty your personality has to be to be a, a Super Bowl champion... Uh, Washington Redskins quarterback, and to have me hate you, yeah. <laughs> like you're you're a jerk. 
Um, we'll get to the bottom of Dennis Miller on Monday Night Football uh, on a future episode because, man, there's there's a lot of meat on that bone. Uh, but we will. What are we thinking <laughs> for uh, Thursday's episode? Oh, the good question, Billy. Um, let me just probably brainstorm that. A lot of journalists just dropping dead in Qatar. Oh yeah, oh, we do. Yeah, yeah um, multiple chaps. Chaps multiple. Has, to, has to get going. Yeah. So chaps, we'll let you head out. Um, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Thanks, chaps. Uh, Big T. Who, who else was it? Uh, another guy just died today or yesterday. Uh, I forget. Are you serious? Uh huh. Oh my Damn. god. He was Qatari, I believe. Um, I'm trying. To find I would his not name. be conspiracy brain. I think I put this into the group chat. I would not be surprised if there was some sort of assassination method that looked like bronchitis was killing people. Well, yeah, I mean that's potassium cyanide. That's photojournalist Khalid Al Maslam from Qatari News Channel Al Qas TV passed away on Saturday. uh, Also covering the World Cup after Grant Wall died on Friday. Because during COVID, uh, during the COVID shutdowns in China, there was a lot of. political dissidents quote-unquote to the ccp uh who died of covid um yeah i mean it's it's probably correct. but they were like young i think uh the grant wall thing was surreal when it when it hit on was a friday night yeah it's yeah. the the timing seems like it's too much of a coincidence like it yeah, I don't know. Do they have any evidence? That, is, is there has any evidence came out? Like, no, no evidence yet that I've seen. But I mean, the timing is just like it's, it's beyond suspicious because he was, he was the loudest, most critical voice of Qatar and FIFA, and he was in good health, and uh, he did he got sick over the course of that week, but that could be symptoms of potassium cyanide poisoning, which is something that. Like, I know Russia does a lot of that stuff. I don't believe in coincidences of that uh, magnitude. Yeah. Like, he, if for those of you who aren't familiar, because I wasn't exactly familiar with the guy before, but the Twitter, the tweet that went viral, the guy uh, with the um, LGBTQ plus flag shirt uh, wearing a flat cap who said he was denied entry from the stadium, uh, he was who died. And apparently, and if you look into him, he's, you know, looks like he's in great shape like great physique mm-hmm. he was also he had a heart attack uh died of bronchitis bronchitis well, was bronch- no, he, bronchitis he went into cardiac arrest at the game at, at the game like of the netherlands uh it was the netherlands argentina game and so his heart stopped they tried to revive him uh he had he was diagnosed with bronchitis earlier in the week but bronchitis could be that could result from like any number of things could cause bronchitis, you know, and then bronchitis could in turn cause other things to go wrong in your body. So they don't, they they don't know. Are they going to have, are they going to give his body back to America or last I heard was the state department and the Biden administration was in touch with the Qatari government trying to uh, secure the body. And I, I don't know what's happened. They haven't really been very public about that, nor would I expect them to be. But I would imagine that we're we probably did everything that we could to get the body to uh, the military base that we have in the area over there to have an autopsy performed. Damn. I mean, when, wow. when we were worried about I, you, PFT, like. So, like, Donnie and I, in retrospect, were perhaps a bit cavalier with <laughs> some of the things that we were doing. And thank God that 
the Qatari government doesn't have a sense of sarcasm and couldn't detect uh, what we were actually saying about them. But um, it's we we probably did not take the threat as seriously as we should have. I'll I'll say that. Yeah, we we like we kind of skated by in a little bit of our like privilege to be like, oh, nothing's going to happen to me. I can I can make fun of. Is that protester dude still alive who ran out uh, justice for Iranian women, LGBTQ? I don't know. Ukraine. See, don't know. I don't know the guy's name, so it's it's tough to figure it out. You guys know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, but I'm uh, that's going to be a very tough person to look up because nobody knows what his name was. I know. I mean, he could be. But um, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's awful for Grant and Wall's family and uh, his friends and his colleagues. Just something that like, he was the probably the biggest name in American soccer journalism. And uh, it's it's insane what happened. And I hope that we figure out exactly what it is. And uh, like, I, I don't know what to think. Like, I guess hopefully it's not foul play. I think I think that's fine to. That's my initial reaction. Is like I hope that it's just a big coincidence. If if he passed away, I would rather it be just a, a freak occurrence than to have it be um, foul play because then that opens up a whole nother box um, that we'll have to deal with. But um, if if somebody fucked with him and poisoned him, then like we gotta we're gonna have to do something about it. So I don't know what that's going to be, but if I was a journalist over there, I would get the fuck out. That's where I'm at right now. Like if I was, if sure. I if I was still in guitar, I'm on the next flight out. Fuck that, not well, worth it. Also, remember, uh, you know what was getting weird. Remember that one video? I think it was a, a Peruvian or Ecuadorian who's playing guitar early in the elimination in the pool play. It was a South American country, and the guy stands up and just starts giving the money symbol, and then some Qataris, a couple. Uh, seats back just start yelling at him to sit down and shut up and then that video goes viral and then a video then surfaces of that guy sitting next to the guy he was yelling at who i think was ecuadorian and they're like we're friends now everything's fine uh-huh. like soccer football gets very heated and i was like that i was like that's weird yeah that's scary uh but yeah. it's just it's it's crazy seeing, like, like Westerners like really try to like change culture, like you know, like they have thousands and thousands of years of their culture, like, and it's just not going to change. And it's like I, I seen this one like Twitter thread of some dude saying that from over there, and he was like, no matter how much you guys try to enforce that like we don't believe in that shit and it's just like I, I that's the one place where i'm like i'm not really like too i don't really want to visit like that like the yeah. middle east and i know a lot of it is a lot of it is uh uh a little overhyped but i mean there's a lot of shit over there like i i, I could like if, if i couldn't make it over there you know what i'm saying like i'm an atheist like that shit a lot of i, I wouldn't fuck around I, I just wouldn't fuck i respect they you know what i'm saying i respect their beliefs it's just like i, I, I wouldn't i just wouldn't fuck around with it because it's like people don't play about that shit like it's different it's not here like niggas is christian here but eh, not really like niggas is that's what they do over there so it's like i just wouldn't fuck around with it like yeah the world cup i think should just never have been put there in the first place because you're gonna that run don't make no fucking stuff. sense man that shit make you know what i'm saying like yeah. you want to have yeah, but at that, to what cost? You know what I mean? They're trying to promote 
they're trying to make Qatar a tourist a Qatar a tourist destination. And Qatar will never be a tourist as somebody that just got back from there. There's no reason to go visit Qatar in terms of tourism. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. There's, there's just not. I mean, it's a, it's a brand new city for the most part. It's got some crazy, spectacular architecture, but there's nothing to do over there. It's a tiny country, and if you want to go to the Middle East and have fun, you just go to UAE, which is a couple hours away where you can actually have fun and do stuff. Qatar is not a fun place to visit. It'll never be a tourist destination. See, when this came out, and obviously your initial thought is that's a little too much of a coincidence, then I started to think, why would Qatar want this? Yeah. Because this whole thing was supposed to be, you know, good publicity for them. But then you think about it, it has not accomplished mm. that at all. Nobody is being like, wow, Qatar's actually done a really good job putting this on. Like, maybe we should, you know, think of them more favorably. That certainly hasn't happened. You have Westerners coming into their country, kind of flaunting in their face. Like, we don't... like. The, with the way y'all do things we don't agree with. And I think it's very plausible that they maybe had enough and something bad may have happened. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't know. It could have been, it could have been the government. It could have been like a rogue Qatari person that was like, fuck this guy. I'm mad at him. I'm going to take him out. It could have been any, any number of things it does. So it, in a way it's kind of like, you remember we were talking about uh, MBS and Kashagi. Yeah. And how like MBS didn't realize that if you kill a journalist, it becomes like a big deal. And if he had to do it over again, probably wouldn't have done that because it's become a huge pain in his ass. Um, there would be a similar connection there in terms of like if it was the Qatari government that did something to Grant Wall, then uh, it's they probably did not understand what the ramifications were going to be. And how big of a deal it because over there, like journalism isn't people wouldn't have that spotlight on them. If a journalist disappears, it's like, OK, that happens from time to time. But here it's like it's a big, big fucking deal. And if he did do it, uh, if the government did do it, they probably didn't know that it was going to be a big deal. And it, it's going to blow up in their, in their face big time. And like you just said, even if it wasn't the government, how many super rich people are there in Qatar who have the means to make something yeah, like I that mean, happen? A lot. If it was just a, a random. I mean, think about the like 9-11 wasn't exactly the Saudi, like may have not, there was probably just some super rich Saudi delegates who helped the like it happen. Like yeah. these things can happen with the amount of money, power and influence there. So who, know, who knows what happened, but it's- um, Or flip side- It's gonna be almost impossible to investigate that shit yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like you and find out- know, can't convict, kind of like Casey Anthony. Yeah. what it is. Yeah. Uh, we might have to get into the Casey Anthony stuff on on Thursday's show. That's fine. That's fine. I definitely watched y'all's y'all's the other side of the propaganda. I I can tell that you still you remain unconvinced that she did it. Bro, oh. that shit was a big old nothing burger, and you know it. You know. Oh, it. Also, I it, I it saw... was just a bunch of character assassination. It had no evidence, zero evidence, actually. 
It was, there was nothing. It was all interviews with her and like actual. All, all it was doing was saying, if your daughter just died, would you have done that? Isn't this kind of suspicious? Isn't that kind of weird? That's, the, that's all it yeah. is. That's not evidence. I mean, I think. Watch what I'm saying. I'm saying, but we never said, I never said she was 100% innocent, right? If I did, I'd totally retract. What I said was, what I meant was, like, dogs, there's just not enough evidence to convict her. Did she have something to do with it? Maybe, possibly, probably. By the but way, that's exactly. I actually watched a juror uh, from the case, and she was talking. She was getting an interview, and she was saying the same thing. She was like, "There just wasn't enough evidence to convict. Like it just wasn't." You know what I saw? A, a theory I saw that actually made a lot of sense to me. And so uh, the nanny name she gave, mm-hmm. Zanny. Yeah. Zanida. Zanida. Mm-hmm. Zanida. So some people say that. Uh, that's what Casey Anthony would say when she gave Kaylee Xanax. Who's looking after the kid? Oh, Zenaida. Yeah, that was in the in the documentary. Oh, it was yeah, and but but they were saying that they never actually saw Casey give Xanax to the kid. Right, but like you in the corner didn't find any like in her body. Oh, but I I just saw that and I was like that's like that's another possible thing that could have happened where <laughs> those words are similar. Mm-hmm. Whoa! <laughs> it I was it was a whoa party. moment when they said that it was like Zanny. Oh my god! <laughs> but then they're like, oh, "There's no evidence that that actually happened." Yeah, but it does sound the same. All right, we'll see you guys on Thursday. Oh, what are we gonna do? I don't know. Do you have anything? We can. Uh, we've got a couple days to figure it out. Yeah, but I like to. I like to get everyone on the same page before we leave, so people can look forward to it, and then also send us stuff on the topics. We could do John McAfee. McAfee. McAfee's a good one. Eric, you oh, have what about George to... Soros? Oh, we, yeah. oh, we could do George Soros. Yeah, we could do Soros. I don't know that you want to get into that. Who's that? <laughs> oh, Mad Dog. Jesse Wade. Why, why don't we do Klaus Schwab? Who are these people? Because then... Let's, I don't know. <laughs> let's sit on it. Let's, let's figure it out by tomorrow. Maybe we'll do some WEF Klaus Schwab because... Billy that, is speaking in Mandarin Chinese. Well, because the thing is, like, so, people, like, get accused... A lot of criticism of George Soros gets you lumped in a certain category, whereas Klaus Schwab is like... Oh, fuck about the category we lumped in. We're here to discuss things yeah. on this goddamn podcast, bro. Stop being soft. I know, but I think, Cla- I think Klaus Schwab's a little a better target. We're going to hold on it. In, these, in this... I, w- I would be okay climate. with Soros. Because, I mean, you have to... With Soros, I think there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there about him too. I just don't want to touch it. Wait, who is he? Why? Why? I mean, I'm interested now. Billy's afraid now of being called an anti-Semite. Mm. I mean, it's just, that- I think it's the wrong time. Maybe in like six months. Just like Kanye's running around and like, I just don't, like I don't. Bro, you can criticize Jewish people without being an anti-Semite. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to be like George Soros and his cabal run the world. That's not what the episode's going to be about. It's going to be like the actual truth about like... Unless unless, unless that's what you feel. No, I feel like Klaus Schwab and his WEF. You just want to do Klaus Schwab. I I think he's a better target. So when you keep being like, yo, let's figure out what we're going to do. You just want you're just trying to steal us steer us into Klaus Schwab. No, no, I yeah, didn't. Why not bring, just, why I didn't just say up, that? Why I didn't just say, say, why that. just say that? No, you said George Soros for first and that whole like realm of people like What realm of people? Uh, <laughs> Jewish no, people? No, W E F Bill Bill Gates. 
like super rich people who have undue influence and like speak at Davos, which is or like the D20 sub- summit. We'll figure this uh, out by tomorrow. We will. Back. We'll we'll update it on the Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do them all? WEF. Like we'll talk about these guys and please send any uh, um, resources that you listeners may have on your theories, whatnot. Did Billy just decide unilaterally that we we're doing Klaus Schwab right there? Is that what that was? Sounded no, like I it. Did. Okay, we'll do George Soros. We're, I just said we're going to tweet it out tomorrow. We'll figure it out. We'll tweet it out tomorrow. Okay. And then and then you can send Billy all of his homework that he's going to have to do. Perfect. Love you guys. Thank you.